We've got a very special guest this morning, and he is a lecturer for the Ford Lecture here at Minnesota State University. It is the 33rd annual Leonard A. Ford Lectureship, which is a very special lecture that has been sponsored for 33 years. And first, we're going to talk with Dr. Jeff Preble, who has been coordinating this for quite a few years now. Tell us, what is the Leonard A. Ford Lectureship? The Leonard A. Ford Lectureship is a lectureship sponsored by the Department of Biochemistry, Chemistry, and Geology at Minnesota State University, Mankato. It was started 33, 34 years ago. We we missed one year because of the pandemic. Right. By the generous support of the family of Leonard Ford, his daughters, Joyce Anderson and Dr. Barbara Ford Olson have provided the monetary support for this. And the mission of the lectureship is to bring a nationally, internationally known chemist scientist to campus for a series of talk, a technical talk that's really geared towards our chemistry, biochemistry, biology, engineering majors. And that will be at 11 o'clock. That's open to the public too, however. That is open to the public. It is open to the public, but the level is really geared towards those science majors. So we, we welcome the public to come at 11 o'clock in Ostrander Auditorium. And then we have a general presentation at 7.30 this evening in Ostrander Auditorium in the Centennial Student Union. And I believe parking is free after 6.30 on campus. So you're able to park and come and join us in the evening. So we're very pleased that we've been able to do this. Now, each year you select some of the top science folks in the world, and this is no exception. What are some of the criteria you look for when you bring in folks for this lectureship? The folks that we want to bring in are ones that have a story to tell, that will bring interest to our students, that will connect to our students. I also look for people who are good public speakers and bring excitement and bring different views to our students. So we've been very fortunate in the past. We've included two Nobel laureates as presenters, and we've covered topics all across the spectrum of chemistry, science, and biochemistry over the years. Right. I know that you have, because I know you've done everything from vaccines to... uh, Drug development, art and chemistry, the interface of archaeology and chemistry, fuels for race cars, OCSI, crime scene investigation ones, green chemistry. So we've covered a wide variety of of topics. Well, I'm really excited about today's guest because he fits in a lot with the segment I do on Every Day is Earth Day, and it's related to things in our environment. And it is Dr. Yemi Adeleye from the University of California, Irvine. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. Now, you have a very interesting background in what you study. You study heavy metals and related to agriculture and our foods. Tell tell us a little bit in a nutshell, what is it that you are doing? Um, So I, from, you know, several studies in the past and surveys of food sold at grocery stores, there is enough evidence to show that we do have heavy metals, which are sometimes potentially toxic in the foods that we consume and not just the foods consumed by adults but particularly foods consumed by children and there's a national effort to address the problem so one way to address the problem is to prevent the uptake of those heavy metals into food and we found that most of the um, contamination occurs during the cultivation of the crops so my research really focuses on 
finding strategies to prevent the uptake of those heavy metals into food crops when they are being cultivated on the farms. So for folks saying, well, what is he talking about? What is a heavy metal? You know, I think of lead in paints, and that came to my mind. Right. But in general, what kind of heavy metals, what are they, and what? how do they even get in our food? And Yeah, that's a great question. So heavy metals scientifically is in terms of their mass, but just in pure normal people's language, they are a special class of metals. So you gave a good example, which is lead. And nobody really wants to play around with heavy metals (laughs) because from their name, you know they are toxic. So lead is one, arsenic is another one, mercury is another one, cadmium is another one. We have zinc and copper and so on. So in general, some of them are minor nutrients. So humans and plants need some copper, some zinc, but there is also those that nobody needs at all. When we have them in our system as humans, or when plants get them into their systems, they actually have negative impact. So those are the arsenic, lead, um, cadmium, mercury, and these are detected in food, which makes it a a big problem. Now, of course, we've heard about arsenic because a lot of mystery shows will talk about arsenic poisoning and that kind of thing and the villain wants to get rid of someone use that but the fact that you're saying it's in the food anyway regardless of whether or not there's some mystery story behind it how big of a problem is it i mean i don't normally think about or worry about arsenic in my food right you will see it's something we do need to worry about and the the issue is that Sometimes those heavy metals are just naturally present in the environment. So they occur on the ground. But of course, humans go on the ground, right? We go there by mining things, um, by building, we need to excavate. So we tend to eventually expose some of those heavy metals that are buried on the ground to the surface. And also when we have industrial activities around us, those heavy metals can be in the air and be deposited on farms. So one way they get to farm soil is just the fact that they exist naturally in the soil. And what is their purpose in the soil in the first place? So are they nutrients for plants or or what are they Oh, they are just part of the earth crusts. So it's just just there. It's just (laughs) there. It's just there, exactly. But, you know, they get into farms. partly because they exist in the soil, also through agrochemicals that farmers use. So that was the time when arsenic was the pesticide of choice. Really? Yes. How how long ago was that? Early 1900s. Okay, so long ago. A long time ago. But the thing with metals is they never go away. They don't degrade. So what we've used 100, 200 years ago are still in the soil, unless somebody removes the soil or some organisms pick it up. And unfortunately, we still have agrochemicals, which are not based on heavy metals, but still contain heavy metals. Such as what kind of heavy metals are we still using today? Well, in my study, I show some, some, another study where we, where they analyze glyphosate-based herbicides. Like the Roundups? Roundup, yeah. So those could also contain trace levels of heavy metals to make them possibly more effective. And farmers may really not know this. They They may think they are just using glyphosate. Right. But there could be other stuff in there as well.
So is it because it's not regulated well enough or what's the, the issue that it's still happening? Because I know people say, well, we know it's bad, so we don't want this to happen. So let's right. fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's start from food. We find it, I mean, baby's food, which is strange and concerning. But the reason why that's not a crime is because the US FDA, which regulates food, just has guidelines. Oh. There are no strong regulations. So when companies actually know that the levels of these heavy metals <laughs> are high, they can still go ahead and sell the food. It's up to the government to recall it if they think it's too high. Okay. And, you know, the government wouldn't test every food batch to track what's going on. So we have quite what I would say is a weak regulation in that regard. And in farm soils, there are also guidelines, but farmers don't have the tools to test the soils for these heavy metals. And unless the government itself steps in to help the farmers, it may be hard to really control. And part of my talk today is to talk about how the government is now trying to step up to really take care of the problem. Are there any foods known to be more likely to have these heavy metals in them so you'd want to avoid them more? Ah, uh, well, the the one most people know is rice. Yeah, rice, I've heard about rice, that. Yeah, rice Talk. tends to have a lot of arsenic, uh, partly because they are grown in Asia, and Asia has what we call hotspots. So hotspots are places that have high levels of arsenic or lead, just naturally, and there is very little people can do about it. So rice is one big example, uh, but you know, there are other studies showing that spices could contain high levels of lead. There are studies showing even chocolate, for God's sake, I actually saw that <laughs> recently. Um, oh no. Dark chocolates could contain high levels of lead. So it's there's really no list of specific food. Oh, okay. Like you really have to test to figure it out because again, farmers may not even know um, how much of these metals they have on their farms. So we may have heard about rice being bad, but it might have been a really bad batch of rice and some others might not be as bad. And I always heard you're supposed to rinse it really well and that might help. Is that the case or are they just trying to make us feel better? Yeah, no, I'm not sure rinsing would <laughs> oh. help. <laughs> The, I mean, it would help what's on the rice, but a lot of it is also in the rice. The rice. Um, so one thing I highlight is when a survey conducted in 2019 showed a very high level of lead, cadmium, mercury, and arsenic in baby foods in general, um, some parents thought, well, what I should do then is to just buy the raw food and go prepare it at oh. home rather than buy grocery store um, sold ready-made food but another study came out last year saying it doesn't really matter whether you buy the raw stuff and go cook it at home or you buy the ones that have been made in the factory to give your kids the problem doesn't occur in the factory it's on the farm it's the plants it's the plants oh wow so yeah. so it is really a tough tough issue it is a tough issue and, and just rinsing and cleaning may not adequately take care of it unfortunately okay. what do heavy metals do to us when we consume them? Why are they a concern? Yeah, so um, some of them are known to really lead to cancer, which is as bad as it gets. Okay. It is worse for babies because they are still developing. So their body size is small when they take in a certain amount of heavy metals. The dose is technically high because of their small body mass. And for babies, 
things like lead could affect neurological development. So the way the brain develops, like it literally drops IQ for babies. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, it's also known to lead to antisocial behavior. There is a correlation between the rate or the tendency to which adults commit crimes and what they were exposed to, particularly oh. heavy metals when they were um, young. So it's, it's a big issue in terms of health and in terms of even in terms of economics. You know, if people have lower IQ, their productivity also decreases. So it has a lot of um, different types of implications. Are there hot spots of these heavy metals? You mentioned Asia might be, have more for the rice and that sort of thing. Are there known places where there's foods that are grown because the soil naturally has this in it that we should be concerned about and maybe not using for agricultural production? Yeah, so um, the the level that we know of is the level that has been tested. Um, the U.S. definitely has some hotspots as well, and and the USGS U.S. Geological Survey has maps that show how much heavy metals are in places all over the country. We can assume that unless the soil is tested, we can safely assume that maybe it's not safe. And, you know, in cases where gardeners and farmers have actually tested and realized that there is a problem, there are ways to take care of the problem. So one thing they can do is to have rest beds with cleaner soils. They could also apply chemicals in quote, chemicals that can stabilize those heavy metals, which just decreases how much the plants can take up. So there are some solutions, and my research actually focuses on more solutions that you know would help us to decrease uptake because like I said earlier, we already have heavy metals in our soil. So it's natural in the soils, but as you mentioned, it can be brought up more from mining or other agrochemicals. Agrochemicals and that yeah. sort of thing. So yeah. what are some of the solutions then? I mean I like to hear solutions. Okay. I'm just wondering. Yeah, so raised bed, like I mentioned earlier. The is raised one bed. Thing. Yeah, the raised bed. That's what I do for my gardens is That's awesome, beds. yeah. Um, you just need to check your raised bed soil as well. Well, to I make sure. see, here's the deal. <laughs> I buy my raised bed soil in bags from a store. So how okay. do I know... How do I know that that's okay? It it has to be tested. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, normally we talk about soil tests, like we'll send it to our extension service, and they test it for things like nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. Do they normally test for heavy metals in it? I I don't think so. I think the typical tests focus on the suitability of the soil to grow plants, certain plants. That's what you care about. Right, right. right. So this other one has to be intentional. You have to also say, okay, I would like you to check it for heavy metals. Otherwise, it, heavy metals are not part of typical yeah. um, agronomical testing for soils. So um, raised beds is, is, is one possible solution. And like I said earlier, we could apply things like biochar or phosphates to soil. And those just tend to bind with those heavy metals. And they decrease uptake. They don't eliminate the uptake completely, but they decrease it. What other people could do would be to grow plants that can actually uptake those heavy metals and just get them out of the soil. What examples would those be? For Some ferns. Really? Yeah. My group actually works with lettuce. Unfortunately, lettuce is a food that we like to consume. <laughs> right. Lettuce tends to also accumulate a lot of um, arsenic and, and cadmium from soil. So 
those might be some sacrifices we have to pay, but there are non-food crops that can be used to take up heavy metals from soil. Okay, then let me ask you this. So let's say you've got all this lettuce and ferns that you have, and they're taking up all these... these. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm gonna put, I want to put them in my compost pile because, you know, I, I don't want to waste it, and I yeah. want to compost them and mm. use them again. So tell me what happens then. Am I putting it back in? Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's so, not an easy yeah, solution. Yeah, so that's the uniqueness of metals. You cannot degrade them. Um, you can change them from one form to another, but you cannot really destroy them, right? Like, unfortunately. So if if plants are intentionally used to remove heavy metals, they should be disposed as hazardous wastes. Wow. Yes, they can. They shouldn't be composed because that just puts the metal back into the soil. Oh, wow. So yeah. it, it really is a difficult problem. Yeah. So what are your, some other solutions you have then? Use use plants, but don't compost them. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So use plants and don't compost. And, you know, one, one, in theory, an easy way that my group is looking at the problem is uh, potentially making materials that can hold on to those heavy metals in the soil. Making so, materials, like as in stuff you would apply? Correct, like soil amendments. Oh. So you just amend your soil with the material, and in theory, it should decrease the amount of the heavy metal that the plants will take up. But so the plants would still take them up, though, and you would still have those heavy metals? I wish I could tell you, <laughs> no, it won't. But okay. based on where we are now, right. um, the plant still takes up some of the heavy metals. But not as much, perhaps? Or? Correct. Okay. Not, not as much as if the soil wasn't amended. Um, but our goal is really to get to the point where we can completely eliminate uptake. But we are not there yet. Okay, so... What sorts of things do you amend your soil with? I'm always amending my soil with compost and all sorts of things that I think are good. Yeah, so what we use in my group now is just iron. Iron? Yeah, iron. Plain iron, like as in pellets or what? Oh, we make this iron in the lab, so it's... Oh. um, it's it, it we're, we're playing with chemistry. Sure, <laughs> well, that's what so, you are, yeah. So, so iron can act as an adsorbent, so it can actually adsorb some of those heavy metals even okay. when you use iron filings but we want to put it in a state where it can react with those heavy metals okay. in different ways so in addition to adsorption we also wanted to reduce those heavy metals so we like to work with the zero valence state of iron so we go from iron filings could be plus two plus three states but we want to get it to the zero state so right. we need to add some other chemicals to get it to that state so it can also also reduce and maybe cause precipitation. So we, we, we're looking at different avenues for the ion to work rather than just adsorption, which is what you would have if you just use filings or, or other ion particles. How far along is your research? I mean, are we talking we're getting close to something that's really going to be workable or are we just still in beginning phases and there's so much more to know? There's so much more to know. Okay. There's so, like, I'm sure I could spend my lifetime just working on this topic. Yeah. So we still have questions like, if I amend the soil, what would be the right time to now grow the plants? Mm. Is it immediately after amending the soil? Should I wait for two weeks or should I wait 
with for six months. We're looking at how much is safe because it could get to a point that the amendment itself is inhibiting the growth of the plants. And we're also looking at questions like when I amend with this material, does it also hold on to the essential nutrients that the plant needs? And at what point does it become toxic to the plants? So I know this, these are questions we'll continue to answer for a long time. And at the same time, we're looking at other ways. So I mentioned using plants to take out contaminants earlier. And that's another area of research we just started. So we are looking at ways to actually now put materials in soil that will do the opposite of what I've been talking about. So earlier on, I was saying the material should hold on to the heavy metals and prevent uptake. But we can look at it in another way. How about we put in materials that can enhance uptake if we want to just take out all the heavy metal. So those are the two different ways my my research group is looking at addressing the heavy metal problem. What is the biggest heavy metal issue that we have in our foods, etc.? Is it the arsenic? Is it the lead? Or is there anything in particular that is worse than others at this point? Arsenic is very predominant. Um, Lead is also out there a lot. So um, one of the statistics I, I saw recently was a study of baby foods, they analyzed 170 or thereabout foods, and at least 95% of the food had lead at levels that were higher than the FDA's recommendation, mm. and followed by cadmium and arsenic. But overall, the Environmental Protection Agency ranks arsenic as the biggest contaminant problem in the U.S., based on how much is out there, based on its impacts on people, and based on how frequently they detect it in the environment. So there are different metrics to rank contaminants. So if we look at how much is found in food, lead ranks very high. If we look at overall impact and tendency for people to actually contact the heavy metals, arsenic ranks high. If you are a health nut and you're listening to this program, you say, well, I should avoid such and such products because Mm. they're maybe more concentrated in these heavy metals. Are there any types of foods that maybe people should stay away from more because of the concern that they will be more concentrated? I mean, you mentioned rice was a concern we've heard about. You know, if I I actually give you a list, we probably won't eat at all. But but truly, <laughs> some some plants tend to take in certain heavy metals more than the other. Now, what I would actually advise is the the more you can grow your foods, the the better, because then you can control more of what you consume. And I, I don't want to sound very um, you know doomy and so. Of course, plants and food crops have heavy metals, but the heavy metals in them are not necessarily at the level that they are going to kill us. And that's why we are still alive today, right? So we can still eat. It's just something to be conscious about. And really, I would say the best way to go about it is to try to grow your food as much as you can. And of course, if you're a a farmer and you're producing food for animals, let me ask you this then. If the food produced has some of these heavy metals and an animal consumed it, does it become more concentrated in a meat, let's say? 
absolutely um it's the same as humans yeah. um so we eat them we can our body can retain a certain fraction a certain fraction could also be eliminated when you know we excrete and so on so it's the same for animals so the sure. body tissue can retain some of those heavy metals which means the animals would also tend to have some heavy metals in, in, in their system. Amy, I have a listener who has asking a question. Okay. And the question is, when are we going to hold big agricultural accountable or what about the chemical companies? And maybe that's beyond your scope. Yeah, no, I. it's something I think about, especially the, the story I said earlier about the fact that, you know, grocery store bought foods do contain heavy metals. Mm-hmm. And in actual sense, two years ago, Congress got involved. And they said, oh, this study says there's so much heavy metals in food. Now, big companies making food in the U.S., send us your data because we know you ought to test. You ought to test your food before you put them on the market. As it typically happens, some of the companies called Congress's bluff like, what will you do? And four of them actually submitted their internal documents Mm -hmm. to Congress. And what do the documents show? exactly what the survey showed. The companies knew that there were heavy metals at levels that were potentially higher than what the FDA recommends, but because there is no regulation, when there is no law, there is no sin. No one is going to jail for that. So the initiative by the government, the FDA, power of it is to actually set regulations so people can be held accountable. Right now, no one, no one can really be held accountable. The best the FDA can do now is to just say you have to recall the food, and that that's even on a voluntary basis. The company can say no, we're not recalling it. So what would you tell people who are concerned like this? Obviously, this listener who, who yeah. what should they do? Talk to their congressperson or absolutely run for office? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. This is this is actually a global problem. But you would imagine that in a developed country like the U.S., we can actually get hold of of stuff like this. And we can. But it has to start from there being a law that says this is the level that is acceptable and above that you cannot sell the food to people so you can talk to congress they can you know keep talking with the fda and keep pushing the fda to act but the fda fda is already acting and i currently have a research project the project i described earlier which is looking at using iron to stop or at least decrease the amount of heavy metals going into food. That work was sponsored by the government because the government is not just looking at regulations. So that's the wonderful thing about freedom. We can't just regulate if there is no science to back it up, right? You have to make regulations based on science, but you also have to make regulations based on what's achievable. So the government cannot just tell the food companies, you must have zero arsenic if there is no way to source rice that has zero arsenic. So so on one side, we need to keep pushing. And on the other side, if you are still an aspiring scientist, you can also contribute by also looking at ways to solve the problem so that the loss can actually be as rigid as possible. Yemi, do you have a website or someplace people can go to learn more about your research because it's really very interesting. Absolutely, yeah. So I I work at UC Irvine and I have 
um, a research group website. So they can just search my name and, you okay, know. Okay, your name is kind of long. And <laughs> <laughs> is there is there like a keyword or something? It's Yemi Adeleye. Correct. And uh, it's uh, got a long spelling. So if they go to University of Irvine yes. and under the Department of... Civil and Environmental Engineering. Right, actually, if you just go to google.com and you put in my name, A-D-E-Y-E-M-I, a-D-E-L-E-Y-E. If you search with that name, you would find me. You can also put UCI as a keyword to take you to my my lab's website. Well, it's absolutely fascinating. Unfortunately, we are out of time. What do you want people to take away from this interview? Number one is awareness. We need to know that this is a problem, and we need to also know that we can solve the problem. And one way to solve this problem, like we were just talking about, is to push our Congress people. It's also speak up. The companies, when they know that people are more aware of this problem, they will have a higher tendency to do more about it. And also for farmers, if it's something you're really concerned about, you should be considering testing your soil as well. Because if you don't know if there is a problem, you're likely not to do anything about it. So we have a lot of nonprofits that are really focused on um, figuring out what's really good, what people should eat, and what people should avoid, and what people should apply. Thankfully, the internet is a big library today that we can find a lot yeah. more information. Well, gosh, um, you've been so informative and so interesting. We are talking with Dr. Yemi Oreleye, who is with the University of Irvine. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we really appreciate being on KMSU Radio. Thank you both. I appreciate it.